I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. I'm Amy Frost and we're at the National Equine Forum today. It's where 250 of the top industry experts get together every year and talk about the future of the industry. I'm joined by Sam Watson, who's the founder of Equiratings, and I'm fascinated to delve into the world of data. Sam, can you start by telling us, what is Equiratings? Equiratings is a data science company. It basically brings data analysis into a sport like eventing. That's where we started. Uh, We're now working in all equestrian sports. Data analysis can sound, people can zone out, but when you're watching Wimbledon and you see the percentage of first serves won by Andy Murray versus Roger Federer or percentage of break points won, you know, we, we've had this, anyone who's seen Moneyball, which is an American book or film about baseball and how they tried to buy players not off their eye, which is something we're very used to in, in the equestrian world, using our intuition, using our eye. These guys actually just started to use data, started to use the facts that, that, that the, the players were producing, analyzing their performance in that way. It's a huge revolution that, that is going on. You know, that is how Team Sky and British Cycling have had all of their success. They measure everything they do from the amount of hours sleep they get to obviously the speed they're going on a bike and how many calories they're burning and all that sort of stuff. So it's something that I naturally gravitated towards because of my my background with numbers in in university and the statistical analysis there and it's something that i noticed was was missing in equestrian sports brilliant for intuition brilliant for expertise but lacking and i think on a number of of fronts so equi ratings at the moment is really operating in three spheres one is high performance so how to win gold medals and, you know, to, to, to get a competitive advantage. So we look at different squads. Are they focusing too much time on one phase? We, we talk to a lot of managers and we say, right, how much resources and how much time do you dedicate to each phase? And we analyze their performance and it's not stacking up. They're actually putting all of their time and energy into potentially, say, the dressage phase whereas they're losing huge ground on their competitors in the cross-country phase. And by rebalancing their time and efforts, they could improve their performance quite a lot. So that's where we work in high performance. The media is one that we like to work in as well because you've got to quantify success. I think that is how the modern sports fan likes to engage with their sport. They want to know, I mentioned Wimbledon, in football it's uh you know they talk about yards covered per game pass completions shots on target 
that's how we want people to talk about horses now. Michael Young has got this streak going. He's got 75 consecutive clear cross-country rounds at three-star level. He hasn't had a cross-country fault in seven years at that three-star level. And that's just something to put it into context that no other riders managed to get above 30. So for him to put 75 you know, consecutive streaks together is amazing. And just, just to quantify that, when he won badminton with Sam, it was the record finishing score. It was the lowest finishing score that had a badminton. And equi ratings were the ones breaking that story because we delve into the database and do all the checks. And mm. we, think, we think that way. I think you, data analysis is, is a lot about the people who drive it as well. So to have the intuition is important too. And the reason that we are here at this forum is the risk management. Mm. And it's not where we, this is not why equi rating started. Equi rating started a lot more because of the high performance element. But when we could see that as much as we were starting to build algorithms and formulas that would predict the chances of a Michael Young or a William Fox Pitt or an Andrew Nicholson winning a competition, we could see at the other end that a lot of the people who were having problems and indeed falls were coming in with with poor data footprints you know poor past performance so then we turned our attention to say could we actually predict risk could we put in it could rather than saying that you know big fences are dangerous in eventing and high speeds are dangerous in other sports could we actually assign risk on a personal level could we say look this horse is actually at higher risk at this level than than another horse and that's that's what we've been doing. Um, it's incredible. I'm I'm like literally mesmerised because I'm a bit of a data geek, um, and I love facts and figures. And I'm I'm fascinated to know well how it can be made, how it can help the industry to be safer, and how at every level we can monitor our performance based on you know the jumps and the speed, but also how you can determine the difference between a horse. And I'm hoping you can explain this a horse that can ride at that level but just because the horse can ride at a particular level doesn't mean to say the rider can so how do you distinguish the difference on the ratings between the horse and the rider yeah that's a good question from a practical point of view i think you have to there's qualifications that are are required and that's very much a quantity thing so the most organizations will already have a qualification ladder in place and we do a lot of analysis around that saying, you know, should should riders have more experience before they get to four star in eventing or 160 in show jumping or jump around the Grand National in national hunt racing? We do do analysis around that, but we do focus our ratings an awful lot on the horse for the simple reason that professional athletes push boundaries all the time in terms of risk. They can take chances as, as much as anyone else so we one of the problems that we got into when we started attaching ratings to to riders is that some of the professional riders were not being kind of caught quit quick enough mm-hmm. because they were you know that they, they they have i mean andrew nicholson would actually be a good example in that with noreo and avebury two of his more recent superstars um two fantastic cross-country horses but he had a a life-changing fall and it was his fourth fourth fall off that horse in 15 months Mm -hmm. which you know for him is is not normal and so actually just focusing on on the individual data footprint of the horse was the right thing to do the flip side of the coin is you would expect most of the time that a professional rider 
would improve a horse if they were to take it off a an amateur maybe so that you could say right well here's a horse who's been having problems at the lower levels let's put a professional on it and we'd you know the ratings should all go up and it is just dangerous to make the assumption that that will happen and so if you just leave the rating attached to the horse that that once that professional rider has has ridden the horse two or three times his ratings will be going up hopefully because they've been going clear but if it's the out if it's the exception whereby actually that horse's confidence has really gone from risk point of view the skill of the professional rider can be uh, a dangerous thing in that they can they can put a horse who's lacking confidence they can sort of make the horse jump the fence and what might have been a 20 penalties with an amateur rider turns into a fall with a professional because the horse is unsure uncertain so all of our research so far has been pointing us towards building ratings to uh, attach to the horse i think in when we move into endurance and we move into racing uh, we are focusing a lot on the trainers because they have a lot of influence over the, the horse and his preparation as well. Mm. And I think to one of the things that we're sort of hinting on now is, is a big part of what Echo Ratings does with risk is that we are talking about, about high performance risk. So this is the difference between if we talk about risk with road safety, we know that speed is a big risk factor. So we have speed limits. When you or I drive down the roads, you know, we, we have to adhere to speed limits. Mm. But for Lewis Hamilton, when he's doing a Formula One, he doesn't have speed limits because that will hinder the sport progressing. That will hinder Formula One progressing. So we have to look at, you know, for the Formula One safety is very different to the the road user safety for URI. And that's where Ratings is trying to come in. Otherwise, we'll get to a, a stage whereby in eventing, we're not jumping very big fences anymore because any analysis will tell you that bigger fences mean higher risk. Mm. Um, but what we're trying to do is we're trying to say, right, can, how do we manage risk for Olympic riders who want to keep pushing the boundaries of high performance, but to, to, keep, it, to keep it safe as well? So it's, it's a much more complex it's not an easy solution. It's a complex solution. Yeah, and it's going to take time because it takes years to build up that analysis. And while a horse is going through those changes and they're gaining more experience, then I guess you need to collect that data as well. But I'm interested to know your focus at the moment is the Olympics and the, and the top end. Will you eventually filter that down to my level riding which is lower level <laughs> because for me it would be great. I'd love to have a horse that I know that they're safe. I know that I could take them okay, I can't take them two-star, but let's say I could. I could take them two-star, and I know that they're going to comfortably make that. So if I'm a mum, maybe, that's got a 16-year-old that's, you know, progressed through the ranks and she or he's doing really well, and I want to buy a new horse, I think safety-wise for us, we're so much more informed if if we can have the luxury of having your equity ratings with us as well. Yeah, it's a, that's a very, it's nice to hear that point of view because that's a huge part of, of what, of what it's about as well it is it's about raising awareness and looking at this objectively as well i think analyzing our our performance objectively i think every single person who competes whether they are um open about it or not is secretly quite competitive and you know i'm i'm quite laid back about how competitive i am my wife is is i can tell when she's disappointed because she hasn't won her her event Mm -hmm. or she's had a problem and all of that, the, the, an athlete is actually subconsciously programmed to focus on the positives, not to focus on the negatives. That means that you hear phrases like an unlucky 20 or, you know, a silly mistake. 
and all this sort of stuff. And that is quite important for us to, to get back and be positive. And it's important for the horses that we're positive and we're not negative all the time. So actually to have a governance system that can step in a little bit and say your silly mistakes and your unlucky 20s are actually pointing you in a direction whereby you're just from a from a higher level looking at this you're carrying more risk than you than you perhaps should be for this level and that there's an independent and objective system to step in and maybe say okay my plan was to step up to novice now or to step up to one star but because i can see on the ratings that if i were to do that at this point i'd actually be in a slightly higher risk category than I'm probably happier with mm. I might just do that I might just have an extra run at this level or you know it, it might just promote people to go actually I might go and have you know there's a Chris Bartle cross-country clinic or there's a Yogi Breisner cross-country clinic whatever I, we're just trying to promote a little bit of extra awareness extra thought perhaps some smarter decision making about when to upgrade and, and that's all it, takes it is and, off some yeah. of the pressure you know in a in a real selfish way i'm uh, i'm seeing a lot of people that are pushing their horses through the ranks really really quickly and they're measuring their success on how quickly they can go from novice to one star to two star and they've done it in a year and well done yeah. and i think well yes that could be really great and i really hope that your horse isn't being put under too much pressure for that but ultimately with the rating system you can actively say it takes a little bit of pressure off the riders especially if they've got pressures from owners that are trying to get them to win at badminton really quickly to say well actually let's 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 dealt we've got facts and figures here let's look at their performance let's look at how they're doing and their ratings and it kind of takes a little bit of pressure off to say no that pony that horse isn't ready yet you can see from his last results he's not ready and it gives them uh it gives them substance something tangible to actually show to the owners and say you know to back up what they're already saying equally if there's somebody that's pushing their horses through far too quickly it's going to help the welfare of the horse because now they can't do that yeah and and with i've this actually it's it's been great that with the system has been implemented in Ireland for two seasons now because it, it's given a lot of real feedback to us we've had people who actually you know that the horse started having problems had already been established at a certain level and the form started to drop off and eventually the rating kicked in and, and said that they had to go down a level which was at the time a big inconvenience and not you know sort of slightly offensive saying oh, you know this is a two-star horse why do I have mm. to step down to one star and then it transpired that the horse was actually had a, a veterinary issue that came to light, you know, quite soon after. And they their feedback when that came to light was, you know, thank God that we didn't we would have kept going at two star through the, the problems, the smaller problems that were happening. But, you know, even talking to the vet, the vet could tell us that if we kept going, this could have resulted in a fall because it was a it was a brave horse, but he was starting to have physical issues that, that was starting to, to inhibit the performance. And that's just, that's not essentially what the, the you know, the, we didn't set out to design the system that would, you know, predict, uh, you know, a horse having physical problems. But it, it's, that's what data analysis does is objective. It's purely assessing performance and whatever the reasons are, whether it's a lot of horses will step up to a level quite confidently for the first time and that confidence can unravel. Same as with any human athlete in any sport. You know, mm. We see it in the Premier League in football or any sport that, that riders or athletes go through. 
the confidence can have consequences in in eventing, particularly the high level. It can have consequences in racing, adds to the risk. So to have an objective system. And I would say when I first built a lot of these algorithms and um, even from a high performance point of view, I'd get some feedback on some of my horses. I'd look at where some of my ratings were saying and, you know, perhaps there was there was one time I was going to an event, I was going to a three-star with a horse and I said, okay, what does the system think? What dressage score does it think I'm going to do? <laughs> and it was a 51.1 or something. And I was quite, I was like... God, that can't be right because I, you know, I think I, I think I'm going to do a 45. When I look back at my my results, it was I could absolutely see why it was a 51 is what was coming up. But in my head, I was just because of what I'd been doing in training and things like that. I I was in a different place. Now, it it is not going to solve every problem. There are things going on behind the scenes. There are things going on in training that are going to affect that. It is not. We are not saying by any means that if this if our um, predictive analysis, whether it's high performance, whether it's risk, if it says something, we're not saying that's what's going to happen. It's just an indicator. But we have to measure and manage risk somehow. And mm. if we take aviation or we take road safety or we take, um, you know, the, the medical industries, when we're talking about high consequences to to risk, which is what we have in, in equestrian sports, both from a horse point of view and a rider point of view, Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If, if you have... 12 points on your driver's license you know maybe you are a very very safe driver but we have to go with the analysis as a governing body we'll have to go with the analysis that says hang on you're displaying too much risk here you know mm -hmm. we have to take an action um to assess this and it is the same with horse sport um you may be it may be that there are very good reasons to why you've been experiencing problems and why your your past data footprint your past performance is indicating higher levels of risk. Maybe that's not the case, but we have to govern this from quite a high level. And I think particularly certain areas of, of eventing, certain areas of endurance, certain areas of national hunt racing, 
they've all got to improve that risk management in, in certain areas, um, particularly at the top level, particularly as the, you know, the, the sports are, are on a global stage being broadcasted on national television stations and we have to portray good scenes. You know, we can't be, you know, so, so that's a factor as well. So, And you're doing it in a really positive way. You're not saying, okay, you're not good enough. You can't go up the ranks because you're not yeah. good enough. It's not. It's the, the, I think the way that you're doing it is, is brilliant because actually it's for... It's all for the good of the sport, which is a, a lovely way a lovely way to look at it. So, Sam, tell me, how did this, when you first started, you know, putting your algorithms together and you're sat in your back room working on these numbers and your wife is saying, come on, Sam, I need you to do the washing up. What are you doing now? Um, from doing that to, you know, how, what has been two years that it's been in Ireland, you mentioned, how have you seen a change in and the improvement of, of your own eventing? Uh, me personally, as Sam Watson, the competitor, mm. I would say um, accountability to my performance and an objective and looking at, at my performance objectively. So I, I already gave you that example of when I first disagreed with my own <laughs> algorithm. <laughs> yeah. um, and I say my own, it, it, unfor- you know, they are, unfortunately, they're not my own anymore. We have a great team. Um, everybody knows uh, Dermot Byrne at this point, who's my business partner. But we, you know, we have a very good tech team behind us as well, and so we've got a lot of people and a lot of experts contributing towards these algorithms now. So there's a bigger creatings team. So when I started to to disagree with what the data was was telling me, it taught me to say, "Hang on, Sam, this isn't a personal. This isn't Connor in IT at Ecoratings <laughs> saying, Sam, you're not you're not as good as dressers as you think.'" This is just a, this is about objectivity. There are it's not like the handicapping in racing where there actually is a human opinion purely based on facts. And as you say, that actually brought in a huge breath of of fresh air, really, because it took out a kind of a a cloudiness to to performance assessment. I mean, I maybe it's just me as a person, but I I like it to be black and white. I like to look back ac- across the last seven years of my performance as a as an international event rider and see where I have been making progress and where I haven't been making progress and what areas are going to get me closer to Michael Young you know as as quickly as possible mm. you know th- these last couple of years have been extremely busy for me because of starting Echo Ridings and I've been riding horses a lot less than I used to I have far less time to dedicate towards horses but I think I've just reached my highest world ranking. I'm I'm ranked number forty in the world. Oh, that's amazing. Or inside the top. So that that in itself is a lesson in do, doing it efficiently. I'm I'm riding for far less, far fewer hours, and mm. I am performing better. So I th- I think that I think that's it. It's the old cliche, isn't it? Work smarter, not harder. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Well, um, Sam, I'm so so pleased for you. You've got the great support of some huge governing bodies now. Can you can you quickly share those with us? We've been working in. I think from a from a high level point of view, we we are doing uh, sort of research work in racing and endurance. Um, we've implemented systems in eventing and then working with. In eventing, actually, we we've we've had press releases that we are working in Australia the United States, Great Britain. Um, so that really is on a, on a global stage. And I think, I, I think a lot of, I think a lot of people in equestrian sports 
all across the world have just been quite intrigued as to our approach. And I think what appeals is that all every equestrian sport has its version of, of Formula One, that mm. we can manage risk with a, with a blanket approach, but let's not be careful that we end up changing the nature of the sport because we're trying to paint everybody with the same brush. Managing the, the very top, two percent of performers in any sport whether that is racing or whether that is show jumping or whether that is eventing or endurance um different rules may apply a little bit because you've got to allow people to perform to the highest level so therefore that that's where we go to more sophisticated systems like ratings and stuff like that but as you say the ratings do apply i think everybody is intrigued to see their own performance analysis and that sort of stuff as well so it's filtering right through the sport we're we're, we're busy, which is a great way to be. We're growing, which is a great way to be. We're very grateful for everyone who's backed us and shown an, an interest. And I think the big one for us now, as we as our ratings start to get implemented as rules, uh, I think the big message to for us to put out there is, you know, look at this objectively. Look at it as someone who's trying to govern the sport and, mm. and manage this. It's None of this is personal on anybody. Um, and it's the same with me. I've had points on my driving license sometimes. And, you know, I thought it was a bit hard luck at one point. And, you know, I thought, oh, why was there a speed camera there anyway? The road wasn't dangerous. There's there's all that sort of stuff there where you can pick holes in, in these things. But actually, the high level point of view is that actually this is all about just making the sport safer and looking after our horses and looking after our riders as well. Well, Sam, thank you so much. I mean, I'm thrilled that you went to university and you studied data management because you really are changing the industry for for the positive. And I think it's going to give a lot of people a lot of confidence. I think there may be a few negative ones along the way, which you always get a few that like to have a moan and they don't like the change of the industry. Um, But ultimately, if it makes us safer... If it's better for our horses, then um, I can't see why we wouldn't have it implemented in, in every equestrian discipline. So thank you very much. We can head to your website. What's your website if we'd like more information? www.ecoreadings.com is the best place to go. And actually, the, the social media, we try to keep a lot of people in, informed on social media all the time, doing infographics with a lot of messages and interesting snippets whether it's from a safety point of view high performance point of view or or some of those cool facts and figures about the sport um as to who's broken the most recent record <laughs> um you know things like that so that's that's just all echo readings on twitter and echo readings and on facebook you'll find us that way and thank you for talking to us at the national equine forum today i wish you the very best of luck sam thank you very much it was an absolute pleasure to chat to you Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can catch all the podcasts from the National Equine Forum on their website. Just head to nationalequineforum.com and you can see them on our website, horsehour.co.uk. I hope you enjoyed the live stream and getting involved in the conversations, asking your questions to the panel and to the speakers just by using hashtag horsehour, hashtag NEF. You'll be able to replay the videos from the forum if you just have a look at their website and their YouTube channel. Now, this event wouldn't be possible without the friends of the forum. Our corporate friends are the Blue Cross, Dodson and Horrell, the Donkey Sanctuary, Hadlow College, New Shul and SEIB Insurance Brokers. Along with individual friends, thank you so much to everybody that takes part in the National Equine Forum in organising it and uh, making sure it's super successful every single year. We'd also like to say thank you to the forum sponsors 
sponsors, Beta, British Equine Veterinary Association, the British Horse Society, Bransby Horses, the Jeffreys Scholarship Trust, Bedmax, HBLB, Red Wings, Weatherbees, the World Horse Welfare, the Horse Trust, BHA, which is the British Horse Racing Authority, the British Equestrian Federation, and our great supporters, Bully Davy, Craig Payne, NFU Mutual. And uh, we're proud to be supporters of the forum too. Really looking forward to next year. Already there's a date set. It will be the 27th National Equine Forum. And it takes place Thursday the 7th of March 2019. I can't believe we're talking about that already. So pop that in your diary, 7th of March next year. So I hope you enjoyed this year's National Equine Forum. I'll speak to you soon. You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter, Mondays, 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern, by using the hashtag HorseHour. Follow Amy at AmyStevenson1 and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.